0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Doer's Cast, where we focus on highlighting the stories of small business owners, entrepreneurs, and honestly, just cool people doing cool things. And today's guest that we're bringing on is no exception. and I'm honestly really happy to bring him on today. He comes from more of a corporate background, working as both a graphic and senior product designer over the years. But the reason why I'm so excited to bring him on today's episode is because He is actually the creator of the Hustler Blueprint Manifestation Journal. And honestly, both of our brands sort of align under the similar mission of inspiring you guys to put action to your ideas. But please welcome our very special guest, Mr. Brady Patterson.
1: Woo! (laughs) <laughs> to guys. how are you going man I'm excited to finally be here and be able to sit down and, and yes talk sir about yes the, sir. the product
0: mm-hmm. this this interview this podcast episode has kind of been in the works for what a little over maybe a month and a half now just a little bit of back and forth but hey finally glad to bring you on today and uh one of the first questions i wanted to ask you is um what is uh the hustler blueprint journal is, as a baseline
1: yeah, so it's a manifestation journal that takes you through 90 days of guided journal prompts. Um, it is part planner and part journal. So the left side of your daily pages has areas for productivity, for mental health, for personal growth. And then the right side has a journal prompt that kind of walks you through a system of personal development.
0: Mm-hmm. Sick, sick, sick. So um, with this journal what was sort of like your inspiration for it? Because um, I know for me as a fellow graphic designer, I feel like I can relate to you a little in terms of like finding references and inspirations from like other artists work and then sort of spinning it to like whatever we're creating. And I think there's a quote out there, I think it's like by Pablo Picasso, right? Where good artists, they copy, but great artists, they steal, <laughs> the zeal from others. And I wanted to ask you: Did this sort of like resource gathering mindset play a part in the, the development of your Hustle or Blueprint Journal?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, my process goes all the way back to um, when I was when I was about twenty-three years old. Um, I had went through a couple different majors and kind of failed, and was still looking for like what my purpose in life was going to be. Mm-hmm. So I just bought a blank journal and started just, you know, kind of brain vomiting into it. <laughs> and that kind of created a vision for me. And eventually I was like, oh, you know what, what I really want to do is go to school for graphic design. And then from there, it just got the ball rolling where opportunities started to fall in, into place. And then fast forward a, a couple years later, um, during the pandemic, uh, last April, actually, I was living in downtown L.A., And I had gotten laid off from my job at Fox Sports during the pandemic because all sports got canceled. So I was that very day. I was like looking for a journal because I had just filled out um, a a journal I was using at the time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I really can't find any journals that really speak to me as an entrepreneur with a love for hip hop and sports. um, So I decided to just create it for myself. And that led through an exploration process of doing research about other journals and planners. And then, you know, just kind of found my niche and how I could build this out. And then uh, about a year later, it finally came full circle and, you know, I was able to launch it on Amazon.
0: Mm-hmm. That's sick. That's so sick. Are you uh, are you aware of the J. Cole song? I believe it's... Uh Oh, I forgot today, the but there was a lyric for it called "Of Everything Comes Back Around, Full Circle." Yeah. You aware of that one? Yeah, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that too because, like, for me, I know that journaling specifically has kind of helped me out whenever like I have a million things on my mind and it just helps as a way to like sort of de-stress, decompress, and really align myself with what is going on and what is important and what's not important in my life. And I'm kind of glad with like your blueprint journal that you're saying that your inspiration is coming from yourself really, from the demands and necessities that you needed. And after finding that sort of it helps for you, you wanted to put that out into the world and sort of provide value to others there. And and the thing I wanted to sort of touch on from there is um, um, you working as more of like a graphic designer. Were you always kind of like entrepreneur minded with this uh, journal or did your entrepreneur spirit come from, you know, somewhere else? Where did it uh, branch off for and how did that sort of manifest through your journal?
1: Yeah. So for me, um, going all the way back, I was an artist growing up. Mm-hmm. So- I would paint and draw. I was the kid everybody knew what <laughs> could go to for drawings for their locker or just like, you know, graffiti on people's hands in class. Um, but when I was in high school, I had a business where I would paint custom beer pong tables. Okay. <laughs> and old tables and just, you know, whatever people needed. This was up in Ohio, so there's not a ton of things to do in the fall and winter. So that's, you know. <laughs> that's but at the time, nobody really, I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I just seen myself as an artist. Like I was, you know, selling these beer pong tables for $250, $300 Whoa. A piece. Okay. But I never thought of it as like, you know, this is something that I could scale and do long term. So, you know, after I bounced around and was 23 and went back to school for graphic design, it kind of all came back together for me. And I was like, you know what, I can do this as a career. And I can use this to start other ventures. So I can use these graphic design skills to create books, create journals, you know, brand businesses. So immediately when I started to learn logo design, I started working with um, you know, businesses and people that I knew. Mm-hmm. So it, it really manifested itself through that.
0: Yes sir, yes sir. And that's cool that you mentioned that too, because I think um I wanna touch more on like your ventures, right? We're both I think we're both fans of like uh, the work that sort of John Henry has put out into like the entrepreneur world. More specifically, um, there there is this one piece of content he had where he was saying that no matter what you do in life, you can't quit. You gotta persevere, persevere, persevere and get stuff done, right? And eventually, like none of us are gonna have it out, like figure it out from the get-go. I don't have it figured out. I'm sure like you're still figuring it out. All of us are still figuring it out. But more of like the common theme of staying persistent until all our little experience we have kind of amalgamates into like this grand vision all of a sudden right like that's the main part of being like an entrepreneur and the thing i wanted to ask you on that was like how has your experience in more of the corporate world, working for these other uh, companies affected like the development and impacted the development of your brand and mindset
1: yeah so for me um i originally started out as a graphic design intern with the san francisco 49ers okay so. mm-hmm immediately i was working with these massive brands that have you know a ton of reach a ton of of people um a ton of audience looking at every piece of social media content i was creating so i started to see a bigger picture of like all right you know what this works this doesn't work um so through that experience um i was able to then work for usc athletics as a creative director And then kind of switched into product design and, you know, more um, works along the lines of like UI, UX design. Mm -hmm. So I see how different pieces of um, software that we are designing and creating are impacting um, the users. And we're doing user testing and we're getting feedback and we're constantly iterating on the product to make it better. So with my journal, I went through many rounds of sampling and just testing the product out not only through myself but with friends and family and just people that were interested in it until I was able to come out with something that you know I I really you know wanted to put out into the world that I knew was going to add value
0: mhm and so like you kind of knew that this product was going to add value to the world because this isn't the first iteration of the hustler blueprint journal that we have here, you sort of have tested it not only with yourself, but like your family members, friends, people who you could trust to sort of get that feedback to stay persistent and get out new and better iterations out there. On top of you also like talking and working with these big corporate ladders like, man, I was looking through like your LinkedIn too, because I want to touch on that too. With like you working with the San Francisco 49ers, you were. Working with these huge colleges as well it's all like playing a part to the sort of dreamland vision that you had but with all these things like sort of going around like in your life especially working a full-time job how have you like found time to sort of del uh, not delegate but sort of like uh, find how have you found time while working like um, a full-time job to develop out your brand here
1: Yeah. so for me you know, working a massive corporate job is great. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong; <laughs> I make hella money doing it, and um, it's it. You really learn a lot from working with these companies. But at the end of the day, you're you're still working for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So what I want in the long run is to be working for myself, and I realized that through my process. You know, working at all these different companies, I'd be like, oh, something's missing, something's missing. You know, um, so I kind of came to that realization. And then um, I, I've had many different ventures that I do on the side on top of my corporate jobs. Like right before this, I had a um, custom jacket company I was working on called mm-hmm. Futurist Customs, where I would cut up vintage NBA jerseys and then sew them on abstract patterns onto Levi's jackets. And I was selling them for a good amount of money. But then when, when Kobe passed away, um, everybody wanted a Kobe Bryant jacket. And mm-hmm. I couldn't buy any jerseys. So that was at the same time, about a month later is when I started this project. Mm -hmm. So it was really, it's really about prioritizing. If you're doing something that you're passionate about in your free time, it doesn't matter if you have a corporate job during the daytime, you know? Mm -hmm. You're always going to want to, like, I'm at my happiest when I'm pursuing something and creating something on a regular basis. So realizing that about myself, it's just a matter of prioritizing my day so that I can still finish my tasks with Hustler Blueprint, whether it's, you know, doing social media or making changes to the journal or like preparing things for Amazon content. You know, it's just a matter of prioritizing those things Mm -hmm. to get them done. Um, There's enough time in the day for both, you know.
0: 100%, that's powerful, that's powerful. Of you getting out there and putting work to what you deem as most important. And I feel like a lot of people like, we're all all kind of stressing a little bit about like, how do we manage our time better? Because there's so many things that we have going on in more of like our personal lives, the jobs, and just like all of life together that sometimes it can be a little overwhelming to tackle one thing at a time. So the thing I wanted to ask you is like, how does like the Hustler blueprint journal help uh, people, like the overthinkers like myself, like sort of organize um, our thoughts and sort of document our daily progress and have you know, a little bit better of a workflow.
1: Yeah, so for me, my big thing is always having a top goal for every single day mm-hmm. and then having three targets. And whether you finish those three targets or you know, just keeping them at the top of the mind is good enough as long as you are you know, making sure you're finishing that top goal. So with this, there's a million things I can do with this journal. I can shoot video content, I can really ramp up on social media, I can launch a Shopify, I can expand into global markets, but I can't do all of that at the same time. I can only take one step at a time. Mm -hmm. So with this journal, it actually helps you prioritize, all right, what's the next step? What is the next thing I can do to take this Mm -hmm. to the next level? So that's something that I've incorporated into my life, and I really made um, a central part of of the journal itself.
0: Mm -hmm. Six, six. So it's kind of playing. Are you aware of like the Pareto's principle, more of like the 80 20 rule of yeah. prioritizing those that are important to you? So um, with this journal, I know it's like you sort of putting your tasks and lining them out on your three most important things and like your top goal, like at most, this needs to get done. But also, like, how does your um, how does your journal tap into like the mental health aspect side of the world outside of just like trying to accomplish more of like career line goals?
1: Yeah. So on every daily page, there is a prompt for gratitude Mm -hmm. with um, three different bullet points. So every day you're going through the practice of, you know, expanding on what you're grateful for, as well as a section for daily affirmations to build your confidence. And then on the journal prompts. Um, it starts with 30 days of personal journal prompts, so you're kind of um, thinking about what your strengths and weaknesses are, like taking an audit of who you are, and then the, sec- the second 30 days is relational, so you're seeing how different relationships with whether it be um, your partner or with business partners or with friends are playing a part in your life, and then the last 30 days is manifestation. So you're kind of creating a vision for yourself and what you want to accomplish over the long run that helps you set goals. hmm mm-hmm.
0: So like, I'm chopping it up into three, phrases, uh, three phases pretty much. And towards the end of, end of it, after like your users have sort of like developed and improved uh, their mindset and can kind of see where they want to be over not just the 90 days that your blueprint provides, but more of over like their whole life, that's when they could actually start taking, like, actionable steps to their manifestations?
1: Yeah, I think I think it's both that you start incorporating it, you know, as these things come to you, mm-hmm. and you're planning them out for your future. So I also have um, 10 goal pages that helps you elaborate on your short-term or your long-term goals.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I actually want to touch on a little specifically on, like, I know that this journal has uh, been in the works for a little over like a year, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um with that how have you found how have you stayed consistent with like developing a product over a year because a year is a lot of time man like this brand, <laughs> this podcast thing that we've been started it's only been maybe a f- two to three months yeah. but a year of working on the same product while going through the turmoil of like a pandemic going from job to job going through side hustle to side hustle how have you stayed like consistent and found the drive to like get this thing going and actually shipped out to a successful product and brand
1: yeah, well, it actually helped that I was ordering samples. Mm-hmm. So through through that, I could, you know, get 30 days in and then make a decision on how I wanted to make changes to the journal and I could get feedback from people. But, you know, during this process, I moved in September from downtown LA to Austin, mm-hmm. which, you know, set <laughs> and then in December I started a new job with my current company, which you know it, it takes some time to kind of ramp that up and mm-hmm. um, there were times where i kind of had to put the journal to the side because the process of getting it printed takes a really long time um, and not even to mention the bottleneck of shipping and printing <laughs> in china um, so i was i found a company through alibaba that was able to do this for me but because of chinese new year that i i didn't know <laughs> about chinese new year. It understandably new year, which set me back a month mm-hmm. and then there was a whole you know shipping container thing with the suez canal that set me back like two months so while i was working on this every day and working in the journals that i had from the samples um it, it took a really long time to just mm-hmm. get the physical product in my hands and to be able to launch it so um but, yeah, I just had a vision of, you know, where I wanted this to be and how I was going to grow. And I actually created a vision deck for how I was going to build out every single part of the brand before I even sent these to print. So that really helped with, with you know, just keeping being, staying mm-hmm. consistent and, and, you know, staying on top. Right,
0: of right. So you had, like there is um this concept that you're talking about of like keeping true to your vision i think it was talked about a little and have you read the book think and grow rich by um napoleon hill he uses like a lot of like older diction there but his main idea is that you hold on to like your vision and develop your mindset until you can transmute it (laughs) into the physical planes of the world And with this blueprint, there's a lot of work that a lot of people kind of don't see that went into this aside from just like you building your brand, like the distribution, like figuring out. All right. How am I actually going to create this uh, journal and have like a physical copy that I can bring to your door? So like the thing that I kind of wanted to add a little bit more insight into our audience is like what goes into what went into like the process of like developing like the physical uh, product of it that most people like myself like just aren't uninformed about and like how did you go from like getting it from your idea right to here like that we have the product here
1: yeah so originally i was actually going to start on kickstarter okay so kickstarter is where you can fund a product without having any physical product at all um so i got through that process and was ordering samples and i was like i started to learn about amazon fba and i figured out that you know through Alibaba I could actually order a ton of these journals and launch on Amazon with a, a smaller unit size and then kind of expand out from there so the way I went about is you know obviously I designed it in Adobe InDesign and then was able to you know go through my samples but I found a manufacturer from Alibaba located in China. Um, went through, you know, 10 to 15 different companies that I had to talk to and see if they could do the exact specifications that I was looking for and, you know, get the box right and uh, (laughs) all of the the design and packaging. Um, So once I figured that out, um, I signed up for Amazon, got everything trademarked, got it copyrighted, um, signed up for Amazon Seller Central, and then I was able to order the product and get it shipped directly into the warehouses. So instead of me launching on Shopify, which is what most people would do with an e-commerce business, mm-hmm. I realized that that's a lot more work for somebody that has a full-time job like myself. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it made a lot more sense for me to go with Amazon because they have Prime, They can, um, I, can I can ship directly to their warehouses and they distribute around the country where anybody that orders it can get it within two days. So that was a big um, selling point for me. And it makes it a lot easier for me to launch and get feedback really, really fast mm-hmm. and get customers really fast. So now I'm working on new iterations from the feedback that I got. Mm-hmm.
0: Man, the glories of Amazon. <laughs> Man, okay, so there? how long did it take you to go from like from your product Uh, from you getting your distribution to actually getting your uh, very first sale?
1: Yeah, so I would say it probably took about five months from the time that I made my initial payment Mm -hmm. to the company to the time that it landed. Um, So for for the first time that I ordered this, I actually got it sent to my house instead of the Amazon warehouse so that I could um, do some photography. I could send it out to some influencers so I had some... um, you know, growth when I launched on Amazon. So I would say all of that together took about five months. Mm -hmm.
0: So five months to cover the whole business, sort of like the business distribution side of it. And with the journal, it's not just about like the distribution, but there's also the marketing, the exposure. How do I sell and sort of create more of like a movement around my product mm-hmm. and sort of start developing that community? And I wanted to uh, get into like what was your marketing uh, strategy to get this product out there? Uh, assuming that you didn't come from like an audience of like 100,000 or mm-hmm. 10,000, it was more of like a smaller, close knit community. How did you go fr- grow from that? to the community that you have now?
1: Yeah, so it was all organic, to be honest with you. Um, I didn't do any paid advertising through Facebook. I literally just sent it to people that I had made contacts with, whether it was from um, going to SCAD in in Savannah or living in LA and Mm -hmm. knowing people in the industry. Um, I knew people who had more influence than me, and I would just send them product. Um, and then they would shout me out on their Instagram. And then it just kind of grew from there to where I still haven't done much marketing. I, I'm still like waiting and, and making changes to the journal mm-hmm. so that when I do ramp up marketing, the product is going to be correct. The um, verbiage is going to be correct. The story is going to be correct. So just build, you know, focusing on the community one person at a time has been really helpful for me Mm -hmm. to, to just start out.
0: I think that's great. I think you've been doing a great job considering you've only done like organic, especially with you just going out there and talking to people. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of people don't realize that at the end of the day, business is really like a human relationships industry, where you have to put your face in front of other people and then you know, treat them as human beings, not just like, what can you give me but see like, how can I provide you value? How can I serve you and help you out? And I'm glad that you mentioned that there because like, it's really about putting in the reps going to. To, like networking events, which is actually where we met out there too, going in the reps, showing people your product and like you're sending them uh sending your product to these influencers for free, right? Right. Right. hundred percent. You're saying, hey, if you find any value in this, like oh my brother out yeah. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> yeah. So like that's the whole marketing scheme to it, of like putting your face there. Meeting others and developing those relationships, where maybe one day you could help them out, and you know they could help you out in return. These mutual, beneficial relationships. And from there, I kind of wanted to um, touch on more of um, like more of uh, inspirations for you like uh, with you meeting people has there been anyone that um you've met in particular who has impacted your life in a huge way where like if you didn't have that maybe that conversation with them or that relationship you wouldn't have been uh, at the place you are today
1: yeah for so for me um it really started early on mm-hmm. um one of my mentors early on was this guy named larry robertson um he owned a shop called the co-op shop in columbus ohio and at the time i was going to a community college taking night classes (laughs) i had all these odd jobs i was working as a service assistant the hustle (laughs) hustling hustling for real like taking the bus to, to school and work every day and um i just pulled up on him one day and was like hey what can i help you with i'm a graphic design major from columbus state and you know i'm i'm just looking to you know, build out my portfolio. I know you guys have pop-up shops here. You guys do some really cool stuff. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes, you know. just So he gave me the opportunity. Um, we started branding, like, pop-up shops, and I started doing flyers and posters and stuff for him. And he really became a mentor to me um, and taught me a lot about, you know, brand. And that opportunity kind of steamrolled into me doing logos for other small businesses and... Um, once I transferred to Savannah College of Art and Design in, in Savannah for my last two years of school, I was branding businesses and working full time as a graphic designer while I was there. I so it, it really came full circle. Um, and you know he's, a, he's an amazing, amazing uh, writer in his own right. He has a, um, a business um, where he's, he's um, just dropped a book called Earth-Based Poems and he's doing pop-up shops in Savannah. So it, it it was really great to to have a mentor like that early on in my career because it it taught me so much about just working hard and what it takes to actually run a business.
0: Mhm. And I'm glad you mentioned that there because like before you sought out this mentorship, you were kind of already doing your own thing and you're already putting action to your own ideas initially, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh with that I think uh a valuable piece of advice there is that uh i think it's more prevalent in my generation but mainly when those when people are looking for like handouts pretty much right mm-hmm. uh like has kind of gained more of a negative stigma because a lot of people like who are in the grind like i am like you guys are uh they're kind of asking like yo can I get a mentorship from you? Could you help me out? Can you give me value? Can you, <laughs> could you sacrifice your livelihood to help put me up on a pedestal there? But a lot of people don't realize that like these mentorship like uh, relationships more come from you going out there and like already working on your own thing. And through you working on your own thing, right? other people kind of want to tag along and help you out along the way after you've put your initial idea there. No one's going to walk you through your path and get you to the goals it has to be you there but with you sort of like already doing your own thing then it kind of gave you more of like uh would you say it gave you more like a leverage right to ask him hey can i help you out and provide value to you first right
1: oh definitely mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. i always tell people if if you're going to ask for mentorship or you know when i was working in sports i would have a lot of people come to me and be like hey i want to work for the 49ers like yeah lookups. <laughs> i'm like well Have you worked in sports? Have you helped anybody out? There's tons of youth sports that you could go and create logos and and T-shirt designs for. But if you haven't done that work yourself, you don't really have a chance of just, you know, getting picked up out of the random. So if you're not pursuing these things in your own right, you know, the chances of you know, this miracle situation <laughs> just happening where you find a mentor and he takes you under the wing, that's not gonna happen, that's not reality. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have to be doing these things in your own right and providing ba- value for other people. And then in in return, you'll get that mentorship and um, they'll, they'll provide value right. to your life.
0: It's more of like a delayed gratification thing, right? For sure. Because, you know, if we get so involved with more of like our results, result, 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 result. result personally i could speak that that mindset of just focusing on the results gets really negative really fast because you're like man you know i'm trying so hard towards these goals but nothing is going on over here does that mean i'm doing anything good like <laughs> you start questioning yourself and it's like it's just a rabbit hole down there and like i'm glad that you touched on like the mentorship thing because it really does like elaborate and emphasize like falling in love with the process and that like this end result like That shouldn't be the goal. It really should be like the process of getting better every day. With each of these 90 days you're going down, getting better, like that 1% better from the day you were before. And hopefully you look back in a year or you look back in a few months and you say, man, I have done a lot of stuff, man. There's not a a lot of reason to beat myself up here. Let's just keep striving. Let's keep doing things that it's realistic. It's easier to be like consistent with rather than hitting these huge home runs with either mentorships or huge business deals. It takes a lot of work to get there. And like, I know you've put a lot of work into this thing, especially with the full time and everything. But I I do want to ask you though, like um, sort of through your mentorship, like, how did he um? How did he teach you about like business principles and sort of open your eyes to what you didn't know about beforehand?
1: Yeah. So he had a consignment shop. So a consignment shop is where small business owners, maybe somebody that makes necklaces or somebody that makes you know women's clothing or children's clothing, they would always be coming in and pitching him on having their products in his store. Um, so through that, just watching him interact. Um, taught me a lot about business it taught me a lot about how to how to interact and how to talk to people and how to sell your product and sell yourself Um, because at the end of the day that relationship between the two was was really more important than the product itself Mm -hmm. obviously 100% into the store but if the person that came in was super enthusiastic um, you know he may just have them in the store because you know eventually you know this product may may not be successful but Eventually, you you kind of meet somebody, and you're like, okay, you're you're going to be extremely successful, whether it's this or you know a bigger project down the line, because you have that mentality, you have an energy to you that's attractive. So mm-hmm. I, I I learned a lot about business just by observation, and um, you know just by being around that environment.
0: Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I'd say I would learn in in similar ways for my for my business and ventures and like for the skills that I'm trying to develop in terms of like trading, entrepreneurship, and even like building out this podcast skill right now. Like it really is about putting in the reps, observing those who have kind of already did the work and then kind of taking that. And once again, going back to the Picasso thing, taking that and applying it to, you know, our lives there. And I think this is bringing us like more of a high note. And I wanted to like sort of end this off with the two specific Uh, EAA questions that we always ask the people. And number one is like, how do you see yourself um, as a doer and entrepreneur? And is the version that you kind of see yourself now different from like a few years past? How has that definition of yourself changed over the years?
1: Yeah, so now I consider myself more of an entrepreneur than I did growing up. Mm -hmm. I always saw myself as an artist. I always saw myself as a creative. And I realized if I didn't have the business part of Of what I was doing down I could easily get taken advantage of so working as a graphic designer and doing logo designs a lot you know I was working with like smaller scale like just trying to do anything to make the rent charging people like a hundred dollars and then it wasn't until later on when I started getting jobs in tech and I was making a lot of money that I started to raise my price and by that I started to get seen as um, you know, somebody that was more trustworthy and somebody that's level of design was on a higher level. So I had to learn the hard way to like stop seeing myself as this artist and really consider myself an entrepreneur and take the business part serious and learn as much as you can about it in the same way that I do the design part.
0: Mm Hundred percent. Gotta develop that technical skill, and then bring in the business too. The like two crazy worlds, man. The two crazy worlds.
1: And they don't always intersect. You know, most artists and designers aren't good at business. They're mm-hmm. not good at speaking. I'm an introvert. You know, I hated public speaking growing up. So that was something that I really had to work on. And while I was at art school, I actually took like some high level public speaking classes and got more comfortable talking in front of people and pitching my ideas, my projects. And then, you know, that intersected with, you know, me working in a corporate setting where I was always presenting my ideas. So the the, the more practice I got, the more I saw the value in in really learning how to communicate mm-hmm. at a high level.
0: And I respect that man. I respect that because, you know, people usually like use maybe their personality or preferences as an excuse to like stay at that level. Mm-hmm. But you showed me through your actions like what's really important to you becoming successful, becoming someone that you can be proud of. And that's honestly something respectable that I think a lot of people can take value from, even if like they don't come to the journal, which, you know, I highly recommend myself. (laughs) But man, that's great. I appreciate talking this with you. And like the final question that I want to ask and end this on is like, right now, where do you see yourself and maybe the brand in five years from now?
1: Yeah. So right now I'm working on Just expanding and getting more product into Amazon. But eventually, I'm going to expand out into more e commerce and then, you know, obviously take it global and, you know, really create a community of people that want to learn and want to, you know, have a a positive mentorship around them. So um, I've thought about doing some courses along with it, about, you know, possibly doing a podcast. (laughs) But, you know, I want to create content around Mm -hmm. how to hustle smarter whether that is from a design and branding perspective and taking products to market or whether it's just a personal development. Um, so I'm really you know, working on expanding on that right now and uh, you know, stay tuned for that in the coming months.
0: Yes, sir, yes, sir. Well, that's great to hear, man. That's great to hear. Well, I think this wraps up um, our episode of the Dover's Cast, but as always, you can find Mr. Brady Patterson's info down below Maybe we'll pop it up here, Mr. Editor <laughs> behind the camera. <laughs> but man, this was a great shoot. I'm glad to have you on, sir. Awesome. Wish was you the best of luck. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wish you the best of luck on your endeavors. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs>